0: It was a long time uh, since uh, we had anything put up on internet, but now I will make it up to you uh, because I have a special treat. Uh, I have my partner in crime, Mihai Marinescu, with me, so two laboratories will work on some important questions uh, this evening. Uh, <clears throat> we'll start uh, by saying a few things about this COVID situation, uh, I had uh, a lot of sometimes even disparaging remarks from, from our readers that we don't really talk that much about COVID. So now we'll rectify that just a bit, just a bit. So uh, then we'll go into some other subjects. Uh, so, Mihai, how you been?
1: Well, greetings to everybody listening to this. Uh, what can I say? Uh, from the point of view of COVID, uh, I've been very good. I didn't catch uh, this, uh, this virus at all. And um, although I have been you know, in the presence of uh, uh, people who are infected, who had symptoms, who coughed, so on. You now I was, uh, for, both, um, for both years, I've been, uh, I've been very, very fine from this point of view.
0: Yes, me too. Thank God. Uh, and uh, well, uh, not that we are uh, so lax, I guess, about COVID because we don't get it, so we are not afraid because, uh, well, for 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 purely egoistic reasons, because because we didn't, we haven't really been affected by it that much. But we all we have been affected by this uh, restrictive. Uh, lockdown measures so for those uh, that live further west uh, than the two of us meaning western europe or uh, usa canada god forbid australia <laughs> uh, here, oh, no. here in eastern europe if i may call call it eastern europe because whenever you call an eastern european an eastern european he uh, gets pissed off because every eastern european will probably tell you that he is middle europa that is middle europe or that he is not that east and so on and so forth this is a very Uh, free no problem for me that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Eastern. geographically, Romania is is definitely an Eastern Europe, Croatia not that much. I, I would say Croatia is partly Eastern Europe geographically and geopolitically, but this term has, has connotations that go much deeper than simple geography. And now, as we see on the <laughs> example of these uh, COVID lockdowns. And uh, social reforms that will hopefully not be permanent that were brought by COVID lockdowns that uh, certain part of Europe acted differently. That is to say, that there is a kind of dividing line in Europe uh, because uh, the COVID measures in our part of the world were quite different. Now, Uh, In in Romania, they were rather strict at the beginning, uh, but now I think they are more lax. What do you say, uh, Mihai?
1: Well, um, about the restrictions right now, I have to say that I don't know exactly what are these restrictions at this moment, because nobody really cares about them anymore. Around here, uh, you have, um, as an example, you have uh, this uh, idiotic rule in place that you have to walk with a mask on the street. (laughs) But uh, if uh, the last winter, for example, um, I was in a city like uh, Bucharest, in a big city, I was about the only one walking without a mask uh, on the street, not even under the chin or something. And you had police hunting down people, you know, who are walking alone on the street without a mask you know, and um, s- uh, stuff like this. Right now, uh, you see a lot of people walking, you know, very relaxed, no mask. Uh, you pass by police officers, they don't tell you anything. The police doesn't care anymore, which is uh, something very good. And um, that's, uh, that's about it. I think you have uh, some uh, also some night restrictions for unvaccinated persons, you are not supposed to walk outside after 10 o'clock or something but for example last evening i returned home at midnight again now nobody asked me anything mm-hmm. um you have this um this green certificate implemented uh, theoretically uh, in um, restaurants and uh, so called non essential shops um it is really, it is taken into account in these uh, big stores, like corporate stores, you know, these very big, uh, big shops and malls. Um, but uh, other than that, you have these uh, small places and small restaurants, like the one I go to for about 10 years, where nobody asks you anything. They, um, there is talk, and there has been talk for several months that uh, they would uh, want to make that uh, green certificate um, mandatory at work, that you cannot uh, go to work without one. But uh, right now, at the present uh, stage of Romanian politics, uh, it is very much dead and buried because uh, the ruling coalition, which uh, governed Romania last year, dissolved in the autumn, which was a very... Um, favorable favorable thing for us because um, we passed uh, the COVID wave uh, last autumn which happened here uh, during a political crisis which uh, meant that the authorities and the government was pretty much impotent to implement anything which is also always a favorable thing for us Uh, right now um, we have a new coalition and one of the parties which is involved in it which is um, actually the largest party in Romania, who has been um, the most in power during uh, these 40 years after the revolution. Uh, much of its uh, voters, the majority of its voters, are against the restrictions and um, all, this, uh, all this stuff. And uh, they know very well that they must not piss off their, uh, their voters this is why they just talk and say yes we need to implement something but um, let's just see let's just analyze because we don't want to um, be very rash i don't think it really helps to have a certificate at work and so on you know let's this not politician do stuff.
0: anything in
1: other words yes yes uh. let's act as if we are doing something but let's not actually do anything that would piss people off and uh, get us less votes
0: than more yeah, we, we in Croatia were lucky initially, because we had some of the, uh, I think, uh, more lax regimes, COVID regimes, in, 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 in maybe in the world, not only in Europe. Uh, also we have this um, typical, uh, typical, let's call it again Eastern European uh, kind of behavior, where uh, although I, I call it post-communist also, because uh, you have a situation where no matter how strict the rules are on paper, uh, there is no guarantee that they will be enforced. So people, they tell you that you have to do that, that and that, and then nobody sanctions you if you are not obeying. However, uh, after this summer, uh, they, uh, we had a very bountiful tourist season. and. Uh, uh, all measures were almost all measures were eased because Croatia uh, simply cannot function if it deprives itself from tourist revenue. But now they went uh, they went with uh, with uh, with hardline measures, with uh, enforcing uh, COVID passes uh, uh, for. Uh, going into into public services, for instance, a post office and so on. And now, of course, in practice, that main, meant that in two weeks time, already people started doing it, at least in, in, in smaller cities, uh, where workers are not that much monitored at their workplace and everything was kind of like back to normal. But what happens is that uh, we are on the brink of referendum uh, that is poised to bring down the main decision-making body for COVID restrictions. <laughs> 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 yes, we think, I think we should learn from you. <laughs> on this yeah. score. You told me about it. <laughs> uh, well, Croatia has a history of successful referendum attempts because uh, we had, for instance, referendum for... Uh, Inserting the qualification of marriage being between men and women in constitution. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it was very successful. It was, I think, only in Croatia and Slovakia it was successful. Uh, but uh, in this case, I think that government will, that is to say, the, the ruling uh, ruling uh, party will, will, will find some way to bring it down on constitutional court, you know, because people in constitutional court, <laughs> mostly they own people. But uh, the very fact that in 15 days in, in terrible weather, uh, people managed to get uh, uh, overwhelmingly plentiful quantity of signatures so they can, they can, uh, they can apply for a en- referendum uh, uh, really, really uh, induced some fear in uh, COVID restriction fanatics. Now I want to qualify something I, when it comes to this whole this situation. I think I speak for both of us when I say that there is really a coronavirus and there
1: is... Well, yes, it is. I I know people, I personally know people, you know, who got sick. Some of them who even ended up uh, in the hospital. Yeah. Because, you know, it it is, uh, it can happen. And, you know, it's it's this whole talk about... um, Proper medication because there is really efficient medication which, if you take during the first days, it mostly for the majority <laughs> of people it um, um, it prevents you know from developing uh, severe symptoms. But uh, that's the thing, you know, many people, especially during last year, didn't know what to do, you know, as uh, they caught uh, they caught the damn thing, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, some ended up in the hospital, others, uh, you know, stayed at home, but uh, were not really well for a week or something like this. It, it can happen. No, I don't want to to, to judge this and um, you know, just say, well, it's just a cold or um, just a simple flu. Although I, I see that this uh, new variant, which everybody's talking about, this Omicron thing, is. From what I, I gathered, it's really just a cold.
0: It is you know, very something. mild, yes. I have a good source of information from these medical circles. Some people I know. I have a friend, very very close friend, who is a nurse in a COVID department of, of the mm-hmm. hospital in 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 the second biggest Croatian city. So uh, she works. And she's in the last what how, how long this this goes on some two years she's at uh, at at the forefront of this uh, medical combat mm-hmm. uh, the, the the main problem i think and this is i'm saying this because i want to qualify a standpoint uh, is that it uh, corona puts uh, a great strain on medical system uh, to be more precise in croatia we have a lack of trained anesthesiologists so, because those are people who have to work, work with a respirator. respirator, I don't know what's the English term with that thing. That's the, uh, the yeah, uh, that ventilator. Ventilator, yes. They're, they're using it for, for those, uh, those very difficult cases, which are, of course, not, uh, not massive, but uh, in, in, in terms of capacities of Croatian hospitals, they are so uh, yes in romania uh, too, too yeah and too, and, too and this is stuff. not a small thing let us let us be clear about this i mean uh this is not uh, not a sort of pandemics uh, that people fall dead in the streets but if you need an operation in hospital uh, uh they uh, they they will operate you only if it is something that is really life-threatening or something like that because they don't have or if you want to to be your own anesthesiologist and have a, have a bottle of schnapps to knock yourself out as they cut you open, <laughs> you know. So this is a real thing. And I understand, for instance, doctors uh, are very pissed off at anti-vaxxers and, and such people. But this is not, uh, of course, this is not about anti-vax. Uh, this is about these measures. and um, we yes, gro- uh, we... that, That's what I wanted to say mm-hmm. because... Uh...
1: You no, know, we are talking about, um, okay, so the the virus and the disease is something real, but what I point out uh, to people, you no, know, the majority of these measures are either ineffective, you know, to combat anything because, uh, people who, so-called experts, you know, who come out with them or uh, come up with them are, um, usually disconnected from reality mm-hmm. and, um, the second thing, other other uh, so-called measures are also not only ineffective, but uh, they don't really have anything to do with the virus. Okay. Yes. So, like this green pass, has nothing to do with the virus in itself. It's just uh, a political thing, a political invention.
0: Yes, we have uh, those COVID passes introduced, so. Theoretically, you don't have to get vaccinated, but you have to be tested every two days if you are civil servant, because you need them to enter the Mm -hmm. civil servant premises. But you don't need them to enter the hospital so you can go untested in a hospital. And in fact, maybe who knows how many sick people sick with something else or debilitated in any other way, whereas you cannot go into post office. So it's completely idiotic. Everybody knows that okay hopefully yes, it, we, yeah it is it is
1: uh, idiotic and you know it, it mostly targets people like uh, you like me yes who who are um, like i said so if you introduce a, a pass to to go to work you target people who are uh, usually young people who are healthy people and who are least affected by this virus. yes Yes while you don't uh, you don't um, it doesn't um, um, encourage let's say people who are <laughs> uh, over 60 you know to, to get vaccinated and who are the most vulnerable yes of course this starting from the premise that this um, vaccine really works which uh, as we have seen um, at least during uh, the time its efficiency rate uh, really declined, radically in western europe you know they have a shitload of cases right now and uh, they have over 80 percent some countries over Mm -hmm. 90 percent vaccinated people Uh, but let's say let's start from this premise that it actually works okay so it's good okay so the people who are the most vulnerable and who should uh, consider the most uh, taking the vaccine are not in any way encouraged to buy by this uh, by this pass yeah. by this uh, by this uh, measures So you only target those people who least of all put a strain on the medical system which is completely idiotic and um, which uh, without getting into complex conspiracy theories, I don't think it is uh, just about stupidity I think it is something... Um, something uh, done uh, with intention.
0: Yeah, uh, partly with intention of course, although you know uh, uh, both your's and mine government uh, are doing things by following a franchise. They are not yes, uh, yes, yes. they are not inventing this. If it no was about. if it was of their choosing, I think even uh, ruling uh, uh, ruling political body in Croatia, ruling party and its subordinates would not do this, because it, 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 it doesn't suit them that, yes. that well. But it's coming, it's a, it's a worldwide franchise. So I hope, well, I hope when Croatia will uh, pass the referendum, uh, although it doesn't mean that we'll accomplish much with that, but it's very good that people stay alert and don't get used to it. And this is, I think, the point, this is the the point, this is the point uh, where you, I hope listeners recognize that you are listening to Kali Tribune podcast, because now we'll try to go a bit deeper, getting used to this new normal. Now, the very term is pretty awkward to me. Sounds not something that uh, falls nicely to my ears, so to speak because this term was used in 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 other occasions for instance transsexuals used it sometimes in their uh, what they call it their protests for uh, protest for their rights because uh, assuming that there is not normal that excludes them from uh, ability to change their as they call it gender and so on and choose Uh, By this uh, changing gender, I mean uh, the most extreme things that we see now, further west, where gender change is not really, uh, doesn't really have to be medical sex change, but uh, merely decision of a person who wants to be identified on his uh, or her ID as a different sex than he really or she really is. Mm -hmm. They also talked about new normal. So, uh... This new is something that bothers me because all those measures come hand in hand with with a lot of other tendencies uh, we we are seeing around us uh, and in the midst of our societies and more and more our private lives. Uh, So uh, the thing is that uh, uh, if people get used to this, uh, I don't think that anybody uh, in power right now, intends to stop it. I don't think uh, that uh, this pandemic <laughs> is meant to have an end. Uh, there is... a Yes,
1: well, the thing is, you know, the, the pandemic, after all, it's an objective thing. Yes. Okay, so there is this disease, there is a virus which is spreading, there are different waves of... Um, uh, diverse severity but we know from history that every pandemic has an end you know after a, a, about two years and we are i think we are entering this stage right now you No, know, the thing uh, uh, just wear itself out and um, it um, it ends you know it's uh, and i think that um, the, this stage is um is happening right now, I think this uh, whole Corona, this whole COVID will um, in the near future become uh, treated like, uh, like uh, any form of flu. And I, I see this thing, I am witnessing this thing um, in uh, s- certain countries. I read a news article today that in Spain, they have decided to uh, no longer count all the COVID cases, they just count the severe cases and they want to start treating uh, the, um, the thing like the common flu. So like it or not, even, even uh, if those in power, the decision makers, those with interest, the Pfizer CEO, Ursula von der Leyen and her husband uh, and so on, don't like it, the, the thing will no longer be tenable. Because, okay, we will witness probably uh, in the next uh, few weeks. uh, We will see the media try to hype up the hysteria again, try to artificially prolong the crisis. But uh, most people see through it right now. Nobody takes uh, this thing um, so serious anymore. And um, in the end, they will just have to drop it. Of course, they might uh, want to try to find some other other, uh, motives, other pretexts for totalitarian measures. I don't know. Climate (laughs) change, global warming, Greta Thunberg uh, might be back on central stage uh, sometime soon. I don't know, this sort of thing. But but I think that um, this uh, pandemic in itself will see its end uh, even officially very soon
0: well hopefully it will uh the problem is or should i say rather it's not a problem but there is a point that some things uh became a little bit more obvious uh than they used to before this uh, this situation occurred and those are some some things that that are happening uh, in Europe. Uh, I won't say worldwide because, well, we 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 are better better informed about Europe here, the rest of Europe. Uh, and that is that what I noticed: uh, that the harshness of measures, and what is more important, the people's uh, the populace accepting those measures is. Uh, Uh, more pronounced uh, in the country that are uh, considered to be liberal than in the countries that are considered to be uh, still uh, backwards on their path uh, to progress, to political and civil freedoms and so on and so forth. Uh, Case in point, I don't know, have you seen that, but uh, there were protests in Netherlands in 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 yes, big yes, cities. Yes. Yeah, and in Amsterdam, people were uh, getting beaten up by police. Yes, uh, I saw that. Uh, in,
1: <laughs> in sorry to to interrupt you. You know this. Uh, there was this meme posted by uh, you know who the the Romanian guy we both watch. You know Vulsan, if I can say his name here. Um, it was uh, a meme. It was. Um, one side-by-side, side, two pictures. Uh, one was uh, New Year's uh, celebrations in a city in Romania, you know, with uh, 30% uh, vaccination rate. And you had people, you know, in the street partying and so on. And um, the next picture uh, was uh, New Year's celebrations in the Netherlands with uh, 85% vaccination rate. And uh, there were people fighting with the police and
0: uh, you know
1: all that <laughs> sort of, uh, sorts of things which I found it uh, somewhat funny yes uh, go on sorry
0: yeah well I think I think that that this indicates to something deeper and something that should be put in context because <laughs> I think that that common notion of of, uh, of progressive society is such that uh, it is uh, less governed by ideology. That is to say, that is less, let's say, coercive to people's uh, private lives. Uh, the very idea would be, let's say, that that free society would be that society in which you are free to do everything you want as long as you don't... Uh, uh, let's say not bother others but prevent them from enjoying their freedom so it's a some kind of freedom of complete and indifference everybody is free to do uh, whatever he wants uh, unless he's trying to he's starting to to coerce somebody else however in in societies that uh, are at least uh, understood to be quite uh, developed in this way we see something different so uh, we see uh, kind of like uh, very harsh restrictive measures that are massively even accepted by the populace so the measures that are that are coercing coercing that freedoms that are supposedly sacrosanto and and held as a held us as, as, as the very bedrock of society whereas in societies where you still have this uh, lingering idea that not everything is permissible or rather not everything is good just simply because somebody wants it but because it is bad in itself uh, the situation is kind of more lax. I think this merits, this merits some inspection. Uh, my idea about this is that uh, we more and more see that this progressivism or uh, as it is pejoratively sometimes called liberalism not entirely accurately of course is in in itself ideology and as an ideology or as a political metaphysics the term I prefer because it is more precise it is in its essence coercive so not everybody can be uh, let's say at home in some ideology of course communists for instance were very straightforward uh, with their idea of how society should be and they were very uh, clear about what kind of people are enemies and what kind of people should be uh, in, in, in all kinds of ways uh, removed from, uh, from society even killed in the early days of communism, and so on. However, I think that we now see uh, that uh, the, the, this ideological uh, structure of, of Western so- societies has in itself inherent uh, the same propensity that that is that is of the same nature. That it is very its very essence is coercive. It seems paradoxical because uh, it all goes under the uh, under the banner of uh, freedom, negative freedom, freedom from. But more and more we see that this freedom is not absolute freedom, but something else. Uh, what's your take on that? Well. F- the
1: first thing when it comes to this, uh, this sort of paradox I think of is this scene from uh, The Demons, you know, by Dostoevsky, where you have a gathering of revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. You now it's a very funny scene, very comical. Uh, you know, they were supposed to be this uh, very egalitarian, you know, everybody was equal, there were no leaders and so on. And uh, one of them says, uh, but uh, this is not an official meeting of ours. And another guy says, um, oh, but let's vote if it is an official meeting or not. So, but, you know, they, you had these revolutionaries who are each presenting uh, their ideas for the ideal society. And you have um, one character, I forgot his name, Svigalyov. I think. I could be wrong. Uh, it's been years since I've read the book. But you had him who says um, something to the extent... Uh, in developing my idea i started from the press uh, from the premise of uh, absolute freedom and uh, i ended with the conclusion of absolute tyranny mm-hmm. so which is pretty telling now why is this uh, why is this so and uh, why does it happen because we see that it happens and even um, an example like communism which you cited um its, uh, its initial objectives were not, uh, not different from, um, uh, let's say, classical liberalism. <clears throat> their, uh, their ideal society was a, a society free from politics, free from any coercion, you know, everybody equal, everybody, you know, living uh, their lives at the full. But uh, what you have uh, in reality, what you have implemented, you know, um, the way they, uh, they sought to implement this um, uh, ideal society, we, we all know what, uh, what it meant. So why, why does this happen and why we, we see another proof uh, during these days? I think, um, of course, there are Uh, There is a large variety of reasons, but uh, I think of uh, three of them right now. One of them you already uh, cited. Uh, This is um, the idea of uh, liberty as understood by modern persons in the modern age, and um, especially in this liberal model, uh, model. You have uh, liberty or freedom being equated with um, a complete lack of limits, because this is uh, how absolute freedom is understood uh, nowadays. And uh, it seems uh, to be obvious. But this was not obvious uh, throughout the whole history of of, uh, humanity. If we look at the ancient philosophers and um, also the Christian thinkers, and in pretty much uh, every tradition, you, you, the idea of freedom is intrinsically tied up to limits. And uh, this might seem paradoxical to some, but uh, by limits we don't um, we don't refer necessarily <coughs> to something which um, to something negative which prevents freedom, but to a framework in which freedom is uh, able to manifest. Because uh, for the ancient thinkers, for um, the church fathers, to be free meant to be able to do that what, what you are created to do, that what, what you are supposed to be doing, that what, which is uh, in your nature. And uh, for this, you know, to for this uh, sort of thinking, for this uh, sort of uh, understanding freedom, you first of all need, uh, an, you have an objective principle, you know, so you are not self-created. You do not define who you are. You are. You already are. Uh, you have uh, an identity which is a uh, fixed which uh, which is not a product of your own psychology which is not a product of your own choosing and you act upon this identity your actions flow from who you are what you do flows from uh, who you are and um, when you conceive uh, freedom the ability the framework you know in which uh, your identity can manifest who you are can manifest You have a completely different picture than when you consider uh, the individual as uh, completely dissociated from uh, any, let's say, any identity, any essence, which is not of his own making, of his own choosing, and uh, whose objective is to simply do whatever he wants, you know, to 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 be able to to manifest um, however he wants with no reference to any framework to any principle so this is um, this is the first reason which i cite you know a, a completely different um, and a completely false conception of freedom which uh, is outside any framework and any principle any objective principle the second reason which i see is that um, this um, this uh, type of uh, liberal thinking and i include classical liberalism too uh, in this uh in this uh yeah. in what i'm saying now it uh, it is a completely rationalistic model and uh, as uh, any rationalistic model which only takes um, begins from the pre- premise that um people are simply rational and they act uh, rationally in all situations and um, and so on, is that they completely discard the irrational, uh, by which we mean the passions, first of all. Of course, there is the suprarational too, but I'm not referring to that right now. I am talking about the passions, which are sub-rational and uh, which are also part of us. So uh, one such passion is, uh, for example, the lust for power. Right? This this is one passion. And um, in a in a r- rationalistic model, in which you you say that uh, people are uh, you know will will always uh, see what um, what the common good is, and um, always, um, you will always you you will always have um, people who you know by Reaching rational conclusions, we will always choose that which is um, that which is best for uh, for each one of them. You completely have do not take into account these uh, these uh, passions which will eventually manifest. You know when you when the situation uh, makes makes it uh, makes it possible. So what we have uh, nowadays in uh, such countries is precisely this lust for power now taking center stage. You know, something <clears> which was um, was apparently a relic of the past, you know, in uh, free societies, democratic societies, which uh, uh, things like this didn't happen, you know. Um, so it's not really about ideology as it is uh, about uh, human nature and uh, how, uh, how we are... Uh, how we are how we act and um, the the third reason i see is that um, and this can be conflated with with the first one if uh, if uh, we may say so this very principle you cited that uh, you could be free uh, until you um, interfere with another person's ability to to be free now this principle doesn't really hold any water when you when you see it uh, more closely because like i said there is no framework no principle to define what where these limits are where where does my freedom interfere with another person's freedom (coughs) of course in the days of classical liberalism when you still had a lot of uh, classical philosophy still in place this was uh, more common sense and uh, i think uh, this is why this uh, principle of uh, you know limiting uh, freedoms by another person's freedom uh, was in place for so long you know without being uh, really dissected because yes for uh, the most part of uh, modern history it was kind of common sense But now uh, when we see these politically correct ideologies and so on, which talk about microaggressions and um, pretty much everything you say, you do, even if you breathe too loudly, you are liable to be accused of um, insulting someone or um, uh, breaking uh, another person's ability to be free and uh, be whatever he is. Then you, you arrive to this. You know this this thing doesn't mean anything anymore because there is no principle, no framework, like I said. So you, if the, these so-called limits are free to be decided by anyone who has the power to do it. So in the end, it becomes a question of power, not of uh, any principle. So uh, if someone decides, for example, nowadays that uh, by uh, If you are a healthy 15-year-old, for example, like a child who is mostly unaffected by COVID, uh, by not uh, vaccinating yourself, uh, you are preventing some, I don't know, 19-year-olds to live for another year or so, and uh, you should be punished for that, then that is so.
0: Uh, yeah, that's you are right. It is it is something far deeper than ideology. That's why I use a term like political metaphysics because uh, metaphysics uh, cannot really be politics. It's not a political thing. but uh, no, it's not. yeah, but nowadays politics is used as metaphysics. And uh, I'll try to explain what I mean. It is not that abstract as it seems. As you said, uh, there is no criterion uh, of the good towards which the human action should order itself, as it was in classical understanding of man, that was retained even in modern age uh, by inertia, maybe, because what you call common sense. Yes, by inertia. This yeah, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was accepted. The other reason was, I think, <coughs> excuse me, uh, because uh, this political metaphysics this politics we now have in the west had had a competition uh, with other other kinds of modern political metaphysics as fascism that uh, very quickly uh, bite the dust it was destroyed very quickly and communism which was partly destroyed but not entirely because in all our post-communist countries, you have these uh, communist elites, especially secret services, people who are still uh, yes. still holding a lot of reins of power, if not all. In, in Russia, probably, probably uh, the, the main uh, movers and shakers are still at least descendants from the KGB, KGB people. So it's something that is peculiar for communism because it was a communist state, was such kind of state that secret services were the most important. At one point you said uh, uh, that communism had this idea of abolishing politics. Uh, They had an idea of uh, that uh, state will wither out, but uh, wither away, that is. But the transitory stage was that everything has to be politicized in the sense that everything has to be made uh, uh, a product of conscious decisions of people so that man can have full power over his own life man understood as a collective let's say generic being as they call it and that ended up uh, with trying to politicize everything when you try to politicize everything you have to have secret services that will check on you, you are you are politicized enough in the proper sense. But uh, I'm saying this not to make a digression, but uh, 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 I'm saying this to make a note that this is what I think in in, in, in liberal countries happening. Precisely this politicization of everything. Uh, politicizations of things that are not merely private life, but intimate life. Because, for instance, sexuality and... Uh, uh, intimate relations are not merely private, they are intimate. That's something that is much deeper. And what we see with this state of things in, in, in politics is that uh, this, I still shudder to call it liberal, I don't have a right, right name to put to it, this progressivism. Uh, This coercive, uh, coercive, uh, coercive freedom, politics of coercive freedom, in fact, uh, has a kind of uh, object towards it wants to, so to speak, intends to steer human beings. And this seems to be uh, to arrive at the lowest common denominator of humanity. Uh, which is, in my opinion, uh, contained in this uh, term equality. A- interesting thing is that this is this is something that was uh, brought at the scene uh, in 18th century Enlightenment. You have uh, Enlightenment uh, Enlightenment thinkers uh, who who kind of uh, Went uh, kind of explicated this idea in a very crude form, but when uh, uh, at the beginning, when idea is uh, just uh, germinating, you can very clearly see the motives of people who are coming with this idea, and it is very clear that I'm thinking now, for instance, on Helvetius, one Enlightenment philosopher. His idea was that that the substance of history, of society, of everything, is man. Man is the measure. But the measure of man is something that he calls mass total. That is to say, the majority uh, of people, the majority of happiness of people, where happiness is understood as as, uh, enjoying material well-being, be it in pleasure, and such things be it in wealth and so on and so forth. And the only uh, relevant historical or political action is the one that maximizes this well-being. This was later taken on by utilitarians. And then after utilitarians, I would say with some reservation come these liberal theories of early liberals like John St. Stuart, uh, Saint John St. Mill. Uh, now, uh, why am I putting this forward? Uh, You were also talking about passions and uh, passions really uh, come into play here because originally when we were talking about ethical freedom in Aristotle, for instance, who who is very important for this classical understanding because he was a man who uh, devoted a lot of his thinking to what you called common sense. Uh, The idea is that, and I'm paraphrasing uh, the first sentence from Nicomachean Ethics of his, every uh, human action, activity, every human uh, productive activity and every human endeavor seems to be striving towards the good. And the whole question of his ethics is what is good? So the assumption is from the start that you, you are striving towards something that is outside of man. That is, so to speak, uh, giving man his form. Whereas in this idea, let's call it enlightenment, uh, early enlightenment idea, uh, the good and bad is in fact uh, uh, decided uh, by uh, pleasure and pain. That is to say it is subjective in a most in a most uh, in a most elementary way. In Aristotle, for instance, the freedom is not the freedom to do this or that, but the freedom to choose the right uh, uh, the right purpose of your action, for instance, in Aristotle, you are free when you are uh, able to to uh, pinpoint uh, between uh, the the middle between two extremes. For instance, between for instance cowardice and uh, made heroic courage. Courage, real courage. Recklessness. Yes, recklessness. Great. <laughs> I'm sometimes I am at loss with English words because I am thinking Aristotle in Croatian translation and thinking even on this Greek word. Uh, of course, the virtue of courage, Andrea, is the middle. So the freedom is the ability, uh, God-given ability, uh, of human rationality. But this is completely different understanding of rationality because this rationality is an ability to intuit uh, uh, the, 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 the how to do, the, uh, not how, but what is the right thing to do, not how, but what or why of human action. Whereas here we have an idea that <clears throat> the very act of choosing some action, regardless of what is the purpose of this action, is moral. And that society should Uh, indeed uh, that it exists uh, to provide people with an ability to be free in this way. So what we have then? We have a situation where people are faced with uh, progressive inflation of uh, maybe even human rights, where you have for instance the right to internet, internet as human right. all kinds of all kinds of things that get invented as the time goes uh, are starting to be pronounced as human rights. because the idea is that human rights has a human right uh, and human freedom has to be defined. You have to define it for yourself. Uh, that is to say, it has to be defined by society,, yeah, which represents human beings in general. And now you end up with a situation that you have so many uh, options that you have to have some kind of central bodies that will define what is good and what is bad, what can be done, what doesn't have, uh, what must not be done, and so on and so forth. And this goes into infinity. I think we are coming uh, uh, to uh, into a situation when this runs into this contradiction that it is impossible to act in society without somehow interfering with others. Because by definition, society, society is, 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 a, is a nexus between people. You are never alone in it. And a very good example of this <coughs> is, is this gender politics, uh, this politics of dissolution of, in fact, dissolution of, of inherent human duality. Uh, I remember when gay marriages started to be th- a thing in my country. Uh, before that, it was only a rumor. I mean, we heard about it and we thought it was, it was a joke. Nobody understood it as uh, something, uh, something dangerous or we just thought, well, that's something that people, that people do as uh, uh, these richer countries uh, with nothing better to do invent that kind of crazy things, so why not do it, why not let them do it, why, why we bothered with it. But the trouble is that once you understand that uh, marriage, for instance, uh, cannot uh, exist if you have uh, uh, gay marriage put in, 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 in a legal framework, because they have to be equal. Gay marriage, if, if gay marriage is, uh, is the same thing as heterosexual marriage, then heterosexual and homosexual as qualifications have to be erased because uh, they wouldn't be equal. You cannot have two marriages. You can have only one. And then you realize <coughs> that this couldn't have been done without coercion on people who who are, let's say, uh, the common word is traditional. The word I'll use will be normal. Who, who are not trying uh, who who are who are living in the in this mainstream mainstream of of humanity conditioned by well human nature so in this sense it seems that 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 everything everything that that has us that is a social action uh, has to take account others it it cannot be it cannot be a private action but what is interesting is that we are sold on the premise that this is that everything every every uh, social re- radical social reform is a for certain group of people and that it doesn't touch the group of people you belong to and more and more and more this goes into dissolution, and now we have a situation that the same people who are or the same bodies that are implementing such reforms are now, uh, let's say, taking 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 into 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 their, let's say, political uh, executive control. Even these uh, these coercive measures about pandemic, uh, where all of the sudden uh, they are with without a blink, uh, erasing all elementary civil freedoms. Uh, by decree, for almost no reason at all. Take uh, example of New Zealand, uh, where uh, this summer the whole country went on lockdown apparently for only one uh, case of Corona. I couldn't believe it at the first when I first heard it. I still have some reservations, but I read the, their mainstream official, let's say, media sources, and it was really the case. Now, how can this come about? Because this is this is this is a, uh, this is an incomplete contradiction with this is something that could not happen in a communist country even that <laughs> they would not do this something like this for, for for such a minor thing. So I think when people today uh, are observing what's happening around them. And I heard many say uh, the world is go- has gone mad, uh, meaning by this uh, the, the, uh, the things like these extreme lockdown measures. I think they forget that the things that are going on and that have been going on long before these pandemics are just as crazy. For instance, if you have, if you are watching for instance British uh, BBC or some of those uh, I think they have these two state televisions I don't know BBC and I, Temps, I uh, try not to yeah but I was I was watching for for, for research purposes. You have uh, debates between I don't know radical feminist and transsexual so-called women, who are debating uh, whether a man can become woman or woman is something that is exclusive for biological woman and so on. And this is a serious discussion. Uh, those listening to us don't see, uh, but we are laughing now. And this is something. Uh, but this, uh, this is something that people in the West cannot laugh anymore because this is uh, completely normal. And this is also a new normal because I, for myself, remember the world, these things were I think almost unthinkable, at least for the mainstream of societies. So uh, these, uh, these measures and how, uh, this crisis fell on very fertile grounds and it kind of like uh, showed uh, and and brought to the fore some things that were not as explicit as they are now. And I think this all goes in the same context. It's all the same thing, in a sense. In a, in a sense that it is a new normal, therefore not really normal. If you have a new normal, then you used to have old normal. But I think that the tendency of the politics that brought us to the situation that uh, there are young people in the West who don't know what sex they are because sex is now gender that is to say sex was turned into gender few years ago now it's not an, even a gender it's a figment of imagination and they are lost in it i don't know that they have any notion of other normal anymore uh, uh, so i think the very this very symbol of new normality is very ominous to me uh, for this reason and this is why i think that a lot of these things can, can go on for a very long time, even indefinitely. Uh, uh, for corona measures, I agree with you, these pandemics will stop at some point. But acting as if it is still on can go on, at least in some parts of the world. I really think this is possible. Uh, f- because uh, the... the The climate in which other, even more, even crazier, uh, crazier things that I just mentioned uh, uh, became normal. There is nothing to prevent this remaining normal. That you have to uh, flash some kind of permit to go in the post office and so on. I mean, think about it. Uh, You already have. bathrooms for i don't know how many 10 genders or something like that if something like that is normal became normal then these things we see with corona is is nothing this is this is a rather small thing because after all uh, dissolving the duality between uh, men and women is dissolving human being especially as a political as a political creature because to get back to aristotle uh, he, I think he was fundamentally right about one thing and that is that man is originally two because when he, was, he starts uh, uh, contemplating how society, politea, that is to say political community comes to pass he says we, he says we have to find one first element upon, uh, from which, into which we can resolve society to see what it is and he says this element is man and woman this is and their relationship because from this comes family from com- family comes everything else it is not therefore some kind of individual some kind of atomic one it is always two and as we know most of us at, at least men <laughs> heterosexual men uh, understanding woman is not something that can be accomplished in this life, and I'm not ironic in the least because uh, uh, no, me neither. <laughs> that, uh, I gave
1: that up about I don't
0: know some
1: decade ago, I think. <laughs> uh,
0: it, uh, it took me longer. I'm 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 a few years your senior, but I, uh, 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 growing up was a long process for me. But <laughs> what I want to say by this. Is yes, that... for me too it's still ongoing i think <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with human being uh, is that human being can never be this atomic individual but uh, what i meant with this uh, non-comprehension of woman of course this doesn't mean that men and women have no understanding but entirely understand uh, male mind entirely uh, intuiting female mind this is impossibility this is a final limit to intellectual capacities you cannot because there is a fundamental difference but this difference exists as one in unity because that's how family comes to pass and family is a hard work not only family relationship marriage it's a diplomacy it's 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 million million of moving parts that you have to manage and uh, fight an uphill battle uh, to try to 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 uh, <clears throat> to make it work. Whereas with these reforms, when, when you uh, for instance, when you when you erase this difference between men and women to a point where, where this is the matter of choice, all of these difficulties evaporate. But all, uh, all of the reality also so what i uh, what i meant uh, by this narration of mine was not not to digress but to say that that uh, the, the the political symbolism of this pandemic came uh, on uh, on very fertile ground for uh, very nefarious developments in the future that's that's what i think
1: you said a lot of um a lot of things here and um, i i would like just to add one thing which uh, let's say brings um, our, uh, our initial argument uh, to a close i mean the end and the beginning meet um in the fact uh, which you said about this um these things like for example uh, so-called gay marriage and uh, marriage as there is one, only one marriage, they cannot both exist. You know, if one exists, the other cannot. And we come to this uh, paradoxical situation where this, um, let's say, uh, system of, uh, absolute freedom becomes a situation where you are free to be anything you want except normal so there is only one taboo and this taboo is being normal and i need to qualify this because um someone can uh, can bring um, the objections like nobody's uh, ever telling you that you're not supposed to be what you are considering to be normal like i don't know you can Nobody says that you are not allowed to, to have a heterosexual marriage. Nobody says that uh, you cannot love whoever you want. Just don't say that this is the only way to do it. Don't say that um, only this is normal. Accept the right uh, of someone else to, to have a different view and act differently and so on. And this is the whole perversity of this matter. Because people just don't see how, you know, by accepting, let's say, that there are different normalities, so on, uh, you are prevented from actually uh, participating in the actual normality. And how is that? Well, for the simple reason that if you accept in your heart that, for example, um, not just verbal, but in your heart, if you... If you submit to the idea that yes, two men or two women uh, can be married, you know, like a man and a woman is married, then it is impossible for you to to live, to participate in what marriage actually means. Uh, to give just one example, you know, to illustrate this point, you have this. Um, this uh, uh this thing right in the in the scriptures that you know the man and the woman become one body right so they become a unity yes okay if you accept and uh, you think you know that uh, two men so two similar substances actually right can become can make a unity then you actually don't believe that there is a unity because unity always comes as a result of meeting of complementarities. There cannot be a unity between two things of the same kind. You know it's just you can if you if you put white and white, you know in the same place, you only get white. so there is no actual unity. there is a uniformity there. So this is the thing you know you, by accepting you know, this state of affairs of so-called absolute freedoms for everything, ir- regardless of qualification, then you are actually saying that there, there exists no principles. There is nothing outside the human psyche and um, the human uh, psychology or whatever you want to put it. And by doing that, it is obvious that you cannot participate in anything which is beyond, um, beyond uh, the human, beyond the psychology, beyond, uh, beyond uh, our, um, beyond this world. In the end, so you cannot really believe in God in such a situation, because uh, you are practically affirming the supremacy of uh, of the human becoming the sole measure of everything, which is real and uh, which is unreal. You know, the, uh, the former maxim of Protagoras. <laughs> and um, by doing this, whatever God you believe in is just an idol, another idol of the human mind. <clears> you know, it's subjective to human mind. There is nothing real, nothing objective there. So this is the perversity. You have a, f- a so-called system of uh, absolute freedom. The only taboo Being that there there exists an an objective, a a real, um, a transcendental principle by which something can be qualified. So this is the only taboo. This is that which you are not allowed to think or say. So in the end, you have a system where reality and everything with it is jettisoned outside altogether. And you have a fantasy world practically this is what I wanted to add and 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 I think this is the um, uh, this is what uh, finally does justice to Dostoevsky's argument that uh, in the end the only way such a system can exist is through a complete control a a system of total control you need a uh, central authority and a uh, supreme authority to decide which is uh, that which is true and that which is not that which is uh, acceptable that which is not acceptable and so on so uh, the the system of supreme freedom becomes in this case the s- system of supreme tyranny
0: Yes, I would say that what you were just uh, just explaining was that uh, that could be summed up in the statement that this system of uh, that is based upon uh, idea of absolute personal freedom is uh, is predicated upon uh, the premise that you have to abolish the person. because homosexuality that is now already a phase that is uh, not really politically interesting in the West because it is, it is already accomplished. Now it's going further into abolishing of, of sexual difference at o- uh, altogether. Is it identitarian in the sense that it excludes other because otherness uh, of men and women is is something that is irreducible men will always be always be something other to women women will will always be something other to men yet as you said uh, uh, they can be uh, the the very uh, idea in christian marriage in marriage of sacrament is that they are becoming one through this action of sacramentally uniting and this is a kind of personal unity not to go too deep into it Uh, it's personal not in In a sense that they are becoming one person, but it is based, it is predicated upon understanding the man as a person, which is something uh, we owe to Christianity. I won't go too deep into that because I'm just mentioning it because I think people tend to forget sometimes, intellectuals, especially that this understanding is not something that existed in this explicit and uh, clear form before uh <clears throat> but yes yes yeah uh, of course this is a thorny thing I, I wouldn't go into this because this would this would require some preparation it is one of the most difficult and most fascinating subjects we can talk about but this subject cannot be talked about from purely philosophical or or even intellectual point of view it requires a reference to uh, well to put it bluntly mysteries of fate uh, so it's it's it, 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 it has a philosophy uh, throughout history it uh, it acquired uh, some uh, metaphysical explications that were needed uh, in order to bring it to understanding of men but uh, the real understanding of it is something that is not uh, not not uh, Uh, in the capacity of human mind, in in the sense that you can give uh, clear definitions. A person as a a concrete human person, you or I, we cannot be defined in the same sense as we can be defined as a species human beings. You are human being, that is definition, but the person you are, that's something else. So we won't go too deep into that, but I think uh, we can safely say that uh, this system of freedom seems to be predicated upon eradication of the source of freedom and that's personhood that's something i would definitely agree upon Uh, the thing is that i don't see uh, this process as having an inherent end in itself Uh, you know we talked about communism Uh, in communism failed And although it is being used uh, piecemeal communist uh, philosophy in in modern politics, uh, nominally politics of the left, essentially communist as a system, system of communism as it was conceived by by Marxists, I don't think has a chance anymore in history, same as fascism in its original forms. Because in communism, uh, there was this idea of revolution that was supposed to be an eschatological event uh, that really cannot be described. Uh, Marx was famous for this, that he never really gave a, a, a description of that society, uh, that post-historical society that will finally end the history of human bondage uh, to his conditioning, outside conditioning from nature and exploitation and so on. But this system, we called liberalism, progressivism at various points in our talk, this is something different in the sense that it doesn't have even this eschatological point, you know. So uh, there is not a transitory stage because communism had this uh, stage of transition that was called socialism, (coughs) where they could implement all kinds of measures and give all kind of uh, theoretical explanations why revolution still is, is still not coming so why they we have for instance we have to do this 5 years plan and when we do this plan when when we collectivize for instance uh, or agri- agricultural po- property when we collectivize the industry and then then there will come another stage and after that it's over, it's communism, it's revolution. And it, of course, never happened. This system, I believe, is not moving along those lines. I don't know, have you noticed it? But there is no. there seems to be no uh, proclaimed purpose to it. Only purpose one could maybe deduce would be uh, freedom. Completely unqualified freedom. Nobody says freedom for what? But some kind of freedom of. How uh, it seems to be a progressive and completely automatic uh, <sighs> removal of all impediments to that absolute freedom from everything, and in my opinion, uh, this is this is quite different than communism. This is quite uh, peculiar to the stage at which. Uh, historical stage we are, we are living in, of course, in, uh, in, in, in uh, various, in, in different intensity, because you in Romania, mean in, in Croatia, we are not in the same situation as, for instance, our friend Didier is in Ireland, believe me, uh, this is already a different world. And uh, it is all Europe still, but there is a very deep division, I think, now uh, in, in the mentality different mentalities in Europe because it is being divided along these lines because this, this more eastern part seems to be uh, in different intensity rejecting those, those uh, progressive, uh, progressive moves <clears throat> because I say moves in uh, for a lack of better term because I don't think this is really a, a conscious political project. But it is uh, simply explication of something that was not as explicit maybe in the 80s, uh, I think, uh, before the fall of Berlin Wall and the great uh, geopolitical realignments. So in this sense, I think it is new. I would use the term I find, found in Erich Vogelin, uh, one German, uh, very interesting German philosopher. Uh, he called it authoritarian present. So uh, present in temporal sense, authoritarian now, uh, where every uh, uh, every new step towards greater freedom uh, annihilates all past steps or considers them to be irrelevant, and always measures them uh, on itself. A good, uh, a very good example of this, according
1: to the present stage, yes, the present moment, in the
0: present moment, present moment, yes. A very good example of this is that that uh, that uh, common uh, uh, common uh, lamentation you probably already heard numerous times. How can this happen in 21st century? When somebody says, for instance, I don't know, where, where some backward uh, idiots like two of us talk against gay marriage. How two guys can in 21st century can talk about it? I remember when people were saying how uh, something like this can happen in 20th century. And uh, Vogelin, for instance, traced this idea and the expression of this idea to the second half of 18th century. When they started talking this, uh, what I want to point out, this is new. This is historically uh, uh, rather shallow, uh, uh, something of rather shallow roots. It's a rather new historical idea that is now go, uh, coming to a point where, the, where it is accelerating at an enormous pace. So uh, things in this sexual politics, I mentioned it once more because it is very important because it is a central uh central problem it is the battleground where this all plays out uh, the things that were radical a year ago are not uh, radical anymore and every step uh, less radical step is discarded and people who are not up to date with progress are discarded also a revolution is eating its young uh, nothing new about that. But uh, what is different is that this seems to be the perfect form of that revolutionary metaphysics of progress, that it really came to the to the point of of utter su- simplicity, where you uh, don't need, like Marxists needed, uh, 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 very complex economical and political theories. Uh, that uh, had to be implemented by geopolitical uh, means because successful communists uh, were very uh, shrewd in the political sense, uh, and they had they had to manage uh, manage the country, they had to wage wars and so on and so forth. Nowadays, this is something that happens uh, that happens on almost automatic level. And the system, political system that we call Western democracies now seem to be absolutely conductive to this, uh, that, that there, I, there is no need to, to, to kind of like uh, uh, bring down these all institutions, all the institutions of society, not meaning something like marriage and so on, something so fundamental, but parliaments, uh, governments, police and so on. Uh, And the other thing is that the people more and more seem to be accepting of it. Accepting uh, to an extent that communism was never accepted. I can say for myself, uh, uh, remembering uh, the the, at least last 10 years of a communist communist, uh, state, that nobody really uh, took it seriously at that point, you know. If somebody took it seriously, uh, police had an eye on him because this guy is taking this crap seriously. He's really, he's really believes in this self-management in 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 he's, he's unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an idiot because they were cynical, you know. In communism, at late stages, uh, the main players become the secret services people, and and they're. Uh, Hangers on because they are people who know how to manage things. You know, they are not. In the end, yeah, they are ideological, but uh, they are more realistic than ideological. Uh, so this uh, this was the way they were thinking. In this uh, situation, I think uh, I think we have something different. I think we have very spontaneous, uh, very powerful, destructive process uh, that really gives no respite. Uh, that always moves forward because communism didn't move forward after some point. It was very conservative in effect, uh, very conservative uh, society because uh, it is planned economy and when you have a planned economy, uh, you, cannot, uh, you cannot bring in inno- innovation spontaneously. You are intentionally preventing some innovations because they don't fit in your political conception uh how society should be. So it had this uh this mechanism of resistance to change. Whereas this system does not have this. It's a permanent change. Permanent and 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 on 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 more or less now I think uh, even a yearly basis because what was uh, what was radical one year ago is not so radical anymore for you and me and some people listening to this uh, maybe yes but uh, for a great masses of humanity in, at least in the western world it is not so i think we are dealing with a, with a, with a rather specific phenomena not not really understood yet properly
1: well, I think you you pinpointed one of the most uh, important um, aspects in this case, the, uh, precisely the lack of any principle, <laughs> because you said communism. Okay, so communism was a very defined ideology. Okay, so it was an uh, ideology defined. It had um, a worldview, you know, which was properly defined. It had... Um, it had a, a theory, or a system of explaining how history works, how societies work, um, how uh, people work, and so on. Of course, they were all inverted and perverse and, um, and uh, insane, but it existed. So there existed a principle, let's mm-hmm. say, and uh, when there is uh, a clear definition, a clear principle uh, by which... Uh, Something de- defines itself. Then you also have, you, al- you also can build up an opposition, right? So we are against this this ideology. We are against uh, these persons who are um, holding this ideology. We are against this form of government, this form of mentality, this form of worldview, which is promoting this ideology. But in this thing uh, which we are witnessing today, precisely there is no principle, no or no yeah. outspoken principle. There is no um, n- no outspoken worldview. So there is practically no worldview. There is no uh, defined um, defined uh, stage or defined point towards mm. which we are striving and for this reason why is it more perverse because you also cannot have an opposition a proper opposition to it yes. because you cannot you cannot fight something which is not um, defined or not um, not been uh, pointed you which is unknown which is fuzzy which is abstract uh, you for example we see and we have to recognize this. We see in the Western world. Today we have, uh, I think there is an argument to be made that we have um, some uh, shifting sense <coughs> in that um, there begins to be an opposition to, to this woke ideology, to this political correctness and so on. However, one thing we can uh, notice is that this opposition is very also... It, it lacks a principle in that by fighting something which actually has no principle, there is no, um, let's say, long term goal or um, no <laughs> clearly defined strategy. What the people are doing, you know, in opposition to this is they are um, pinpointing some uh, very um, temporary, some short lived and short term. Uh, Things like political correctness or woke ideology or Black Lives Matter. I don't know what. Okay, these things uh, can be somewhat defined, can be, you know, they exist in a certain context, in a certain space and time and so on. But this whole thing, this whole um, um, this whole worldview or anti-worldview, which you just described, is something which is beyond these things, which is greater than uh, than what uh, can be defined as political correctness or woke ideology or Black Lives Matter and so on. And uh, these are just instances, and they are temporary. Today they exist, tomorrow they can no longer exist and be replaced with something else. Another thing about the reaction to this thing is that it is purely, let's say, instinctive or... Okay, today we have this this dissolution of genders. Uh, So they react to this and they say this is going too far, this is insane. Okay, but when was it too far? So can we say that, uh, I don't know, gay marriage is uh, not so far, okay, something acceptable and uh, this um, this dissolution of genders is one step too far? So where do you draw the line? Which is the principle on on which you act? And this is the, this is the thing, um, the most important thing I, uh, in, in this whole equation is that, um, you know, as, um, as Solzhenitsyn says, you know, the, the dividing line is not between parties. You know, it's between, it, it goes through each man's heart. <clears throat> and this is the thing. Many who are resisting this also accept parts of it. Yes. No, they, they, uh, they, uh, they do, do not see it. And of course, we, we, if we are honest, we must also count ourselves in this because we do not live apart from um, from uh, the society. And although we may be uh, more vigilant than others, surely some um, something, some premises pass without us noticing it that um, mm-hmm. there is a problem with them so it it really becomes uh, up to a certain point political definitions become meaningless and uh, we pass into something others you know you you are trying to fight a disease which you cannot really define and which you don't know what it is you see certain instances of it but those instances are just particulars. No, The general framework always evades you, always um, escapes you. And um, you cannot really point, point it out. And the worst thing in it is that you also carry parts of, of this virus in yourself also. And uh, this, of course, influences the way you are reacting uh, to, to that which you, <coughs> which you don't know. And this is why um, it is very problematic. This is why I, I don't think that um, you can have a, a proper reaction to this in the political sphere. <clears throat> and here we pass on to, uh, to a different level, a level which, um, which is inevitable at this stage, that which is the, the level of um, symbolism and archetypes. And, um, you have, of course, I now I always have a problem, you know, when I cite, um, uh, things like the, the book of revelation, because I don't want to sound as some uh, American Protestant, you know, who, who calculates the apocalypse or something, you know, from the Bible belt and so on. But, um, it is it is this symbol, you know, of the, of the beast and, um, Uh, This uh, this whore of Babylon. So in this in this symbol, what you have is the um, living together uh, side by side of um, absolute freedom, this chaotic freedom, which you talk about, which is uh, which is this whore and the system of uh, absolute control, which is the beast. So, I, I, I think why I'm saying this is that what we have been saying so far cannot be actually resolved and, uh, on the political and social sphere. Uh, social sphere. Now, because with communism, okay, communism also has uh, nothing which exists in this world, in history, in society, uh, can be. Um, can be separated from uh, the religious, the symbolic, the the archetypal. But communism (laughs) is a phenomenon in itself which can be isolated, you know, into the historical and social and temporal. And you you can treat it as something like this, something um, which can be clearly defined from this point of view. But this thing about which we, we are talking right now cannot be exhausted or uh, sorry, not exhausted, cannot be treated solely as such. Because today you you hear people talking about woke ideology. Okay, woke ideology is simply a rebranding of political correctness. Uh, Before political correctness, there was something else perhaps. It doesn't matter. This rebranding and this uh, daily update, uh, to say, of terminology shows that we are dealing here only with transitory forms, which are manifestations of something deeper and something which, like I said, cannot be treated solely as a social, political and historical phenomenon. So it <laughs> cannot be treated like the ideologies of the past. You cannot contain them in a history book. You. If you were to write a history book about this phenomenon you wouldn't know what to write about so you in the end you would just write about some transitory form there there won't there would be not a, a historical book let's say which would
0: treat um, the phenomenon of fascism of communism and so on yes it can't be not only that it cannot be understood in political framework it cannot be conceptualized you know, because this is uh, uh, this seems to be uh, a kind of a movement or act towards complete negativity, and such act cannot be conceptualized because it is contradictory in itself. You cannot have contradictory concept. Uh, when you can't conceptualize, you have to symbolize. All those, all those symbols uh, symbols are not merely uh, merely subjective constructs. So, uh, for instance, I, I think that every uh, society uh, is working on a symbolical level uh, at uh, most important points of its existence. Uh, but is, there was a time, of course, when, uh, when this, uh, this uh, symbolizing activity, uh, let's call it, uh, that is fundamental to self, kind of like self-understanding or a legitimizing of society was some kind of uh, relation towards the divine not necessarily towards god in christian sense because i'm talking about societies in general uh, but towards something that transcends society history world and so on and so forth by this i mean (coughs) principles upon which uh, society is built, uh, understanding of man, uh, what, what man is, uh, I don't know, of, 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 uh, of um, laws, how laws come about, and so on and so forth. I mean, we talked about, for instance, we talked about the notion of person. Person, I would say, is not something that can be conceptualized, it is exemplified it is exemplified for instance in in, in jesus christ and now i am not i'm not i'm not being uh, i'm not saying this simply from my faith although i i could do that also maybe but i am i'm i'm just putting a logical consequence of the very notion of person it is such that it cannot be put in an abstract concept uh, because it is too real and uh, the very notion was was acquired by trying to resolve apparent contradiction that man that god can at the same time be both man and god that he can be incarnated Uh, the the incarnation is something that can be uh, presented uh, to human understanding uh, in this world at least in this life let's say only as a kind of exemplar, it's more something you uh, uh, you see in a sense, uh, not even clear, not even see clearly, but something you you, you kind of grasp through through uh, action of the man, of the person uh, you are thinking about. Because you have, for instance, just to give an example of the whole drama of gospels is a kind of exemplar what it means to be what what is incarnated God who he is and we are we are talking about who not about what so it this in itself uh, uh, when 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 it becomes the bedrock of society of for instance Christian society is symbolized in the sense you know it is it is uh, kind of those are things that are always at the back of our minds that we consider a kind of common sense, uh, uh, the things upon which we measure when something is done good and something is done bad. But nowadays we have uh, nowadays for in modernity, but especially now, there is uh, this act of uh, confining everything to history, that there is nothing beyond and that there is nothing that cannot be conceptualized in a sense. And that everything is immanent, and therefore it's a closed process. It's something that there is nothing, nothing beyond history, nothing beyond uh, beyond uh, our subjectivity. That is, in a sense, that cannot be experienced by us, and in some sense, being a relation to us, and can be comprehended. Uh, now, people, uh, I think you said that that uh, there are uh, reactions to this. Progressive, progressive dissolution uh, very piecemeal. Everybody sees one aspect of it, reacts to it, and then comes another aspect of it. And maybe he accepts this, he accepts this, like because it, the, the, everything is piecemeal. Uh, they cannot grasp the whole thing. Well, one thing is that a lot of people don't realize that the whole, uh, uh, the whole idea uh that that lies beyond behind it in the bedrock of this idea of progress and that is that this is uh, the idea that everything is immanent, that everything is in a sense uh Related uh, to to human consciousness, that there is that not
1: everything a... practically that everything can be confined to a system because a yes. system is by definition something closed in itself. Yes. So that the system is absolute practically.
0: Yes. This
1: and is because i'm saying this of course some and i saw that among your readers among those commenting usually there comes uh, the objection okay but isn't religion such a system no and of course a religion can become a system when um, it fails to live up to to what it, it is supposed to be but he, the true purpose let's say of um, of uh, what uh, what we say about dogma, for example, because you know, people to understand dogma as, uh, as a system, as something closed, you know, as something which uh, encloses, essentially. But I, and I think I did write in one article on, on your website, dogma is simply, um, it's simply a way of um, putting limits in that it is, its main purpose is to direct, guideline. you know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's to is to direct towards the right path, to, towards that goal, and to let's say um, uh, put a limit uh, to to that path which uh, which leads into nothingness practically. Yeah. So the difference between a system and um, what uh, what we call um, uh, religion and symbolism is that. Well, the symbol and uh, the dogma and these things are not to be understood as um, as ends in themselves. They are vehicles through which one is uh, is led outside, let's say, of um, of um, of this this sphere, this uh, outside of history, outside of the temporal, let's say, you know, to, towards that which is eternal and. Uh, its main purpose is uh, to to open up let's say to to open up to mm-hmm. to lead the person towards towards the infinite practically yes the system its purpose is to completely enclose you know is to trap
0: mm-hmm.
1: is to is to set in stone, uh, let's say, is to petrify everything. Now, uh, and when a system loses all connection to that which is outside it and becomes this self-referential uh, thing, then the the paradoxical thing which happens is that this system who who um who is supposed to control everything and to enclose everything which which is you know to define reality uh, without a rest without anything outside it then it ends up not containing anything anymore you know it pulverizes yeah. everything every concept and that w- it ends up containing something which it does not actually contain it does not actually grasp you know it it becomes a very fluid thing which uh, can be everything and nothing at the same time Uh, it is a it is a little bit difficult because i have to i have to intervene a little to say uh, for example um, the two of us of course we Practically think the same and uh, we have um, uh, uh, Not an identical but a similar thought process and we can understand each other uh, very easily Uh, even though me or you don't um, Properly express an idea with words. We kind of understand what we're talking about and um, there's no difficulty but I have no doubt that for some of your listeners are listening to this and we we who don't have um, our thought process and by this i don't mean that we are in some way superior no but i'm saying that people think in different in different ways you know some have a more artistic yes, way yes, of expressing yes. the same idea some like us you know are more philosophically prone others um, i don't know others uh, like other types of arguments or other types of um, uh, ways to understanding so it uh, it may be at this point very difficult for um, some of our um, listeners to really grasp what we are talking about and it might seem that uh, we have entered the domain we- in which we are talking gibberish <laughs> no but uh, and i'm not proposing a solution to this because um, you know people are different and you really have to have to find uh, a way in which um, uh, to express something so that um, it speaks to that person in particular of course when you have an unknown audience that that is impossible but the best thing we can do is try to illustrate we, what we are talking about yeah uh, in such uh, in in a variety of ways so that uh, you know more people can grasp what we are talking about because in the end when when uh, uh, and this uh, this was um, pointed out um, by a, by a french uh, philosopher uh, contemporary well he's no longer alive but uh, jean Borella. i think i told you some sometimes he he mm-hmm. was partly tied up to um, uh, the traditionalist schools and um, mm-hmm then he critiqued their main idea of the transcendental unity of religion, and so on. but it's not it's not important. what is important is that he described, for example, the purpose of language um, in different contexts. So in philosophy, you know in religion, in um, metaphysics, the purpose of um, of the language is not to, enclose you know the concept is not to yes. define it to pinpoint it exactly you know in in every single aspect but on the contrary the the purpose of language is to be a vehicle uh, which can awaken personal understanding in the person uh, listening to the world to the word
0: mm-hmm. yeah well language is a mean of division rather than unity uh, and this you know. is
1: and, and this wh- i'm mentioning this because it ties up to what you said uh, earlier that um, this is there is a conflation uh, not a conflation an inflation of um, all sorts of definitions of uh, rights everything needs to be written down on paper mm-hmm. so there is this tendency to use language not as a vehicle towards um, towards understanding, but a vehicle which petrifies, which mm-hmm. um, which uh, locks up, which traps the concept, mm-hmm. which uh, makes makes the concept um, untransparent. You know, it, it, uh, instead so so. It, it descends in the end into some kind of nominalism where words and uh, concepts and uh, and uh, everything doesn't, uh, doesn't have an objective reality. It just becomes what somebody defines it.
0: Yes, it what is some, nominalism. Someone in power defines it yeah it, it is a kind of magical nominalism where the idea is that these words can produce reality and this uh, phenomena we were talking about for past almost two hours partly uh, is precisely that because the very idea that you can eradicate uh, sexual difference by decree is a nominalism where at least original nominalists like william of ockham at least nominally <laughs> believed in god he said god can by decree change everything because nothing has a in, really inherent nature in a true sense but this is this is completely uh devolved into <clears throat> into human subjectivity yes the system is the right word and i uh I do belabor this uh, this uh, this point uh, often in my work in writing and so on, and it's not very. I know you are right. It's not always very easy to follow, uh, because this is uh, uh, systemic thinking is very prevalent, uh, and people don't notice it. For instance, people who write uh, uh, very respected scholars who write about, for instance, ancient and medieval philosophers and then when you see he see them using the word system for for plato or thomas of aquinas or somebody like that uh, you can see that everything he'll write after that is very suspect you know because he's missing he's missing the the, the main he's thing he's missing the point missing the the central point yeah that's uh, something uh I mentioned Thomas Aquinas this concept, his notion of being uh, which is not uh, not a concept, uh, but reality that can be understood, he always when he tries to explain what is it. He just starts using the term light. He uses this the symbol because this is a light in which energy, in which in which everything is immersed. Uh, that cannot be uh, that you need special activity throughout life to become aware of it but it is always present you know uh, this cannot be uh, uh, a lot of scholars uh, were studying him for for decades and and just don't they don't see that this is the central thing everything comes from this uh, partly i think this is there are historical reasons because there are really uh, very very sharp uh, uh, demarcations be- be, uh, between some epochs and our uh, modern epoch or postmodern whatever we'll call it um, dissolution of modern epoch as I would call it now uh, is something that is radically radically different and it is predicated upon this radical cut with the past. But to wrap this up, uh, we are talking oh more than two hours now. <laughs> uh-
1: and um, if if we can wrap this up mm-hmm. uh, what what we said ab- at the beginning you know about, about the concept of freedom being intrinsically tied up to the idea of limits the the symbol whose and we haven't actually properly defined the, the uh, what a symbol is we i can just say briefly that it is a let's say a meeting place between um, different uh, levels of reality and also an um, an expression you know a manifested uh, expression of something uh, which is um, which is hidden let's say which is um, uh, which is intuited which cannot be uh, perceived uh, through the senses and this symbol uh, whose purpose we said it is to open up to to lead one beyond uh, is closely tied up to to uh, to what in Christianity and uh, very uniquely in Christianity we we say about embodiment you know about um, the, the word becoming flesh and by, yes. by by this not not only referring to to the incarnation of Christ but to to how how this this uh, world exists. You know, as everything as a manifestation as a visible as a, sensible, a, a a manifestation of that which is uh, which is unseen which is yes. hidden, which is beyond. And, uh, we can clearly see that in the okay. very notion of embodiment, you have the notion of limit. You no, know, everything mm-hmm. f- for something to be embodied, to have a concrete existence means to be in a way limited in that uh, these limits make its identity. You know, I also use that, um, that's the uh, geometrical symbolism. like like you have a triangle a square a circle whatever and the it's very outline practically defines its identity so the lines which make out the triangle defines it as being a triangle rather than a square
0: Mm
1: -hmm. if you are getting so yes practically these these limits which you are talking about like i said at the beginning are not negative limits in that uh, they, um, they constrict, they, um, they restrict movement and freedom, but uh, rather they, um, they provide a certain framework. Uh, they, they make uh, a suitable vessel for, uh, for a certain identity. They provide the means, the tools, from which uh, a person, for example, can become what what it is, what it is supposed to become. They they provide the uh, uh, the the possibility of realizing oneself, so to speak, of achieving one's purpose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, this is this is what uh, what uh, how freedom is traditionally defined. The freedom, one is free when one uh, is able to, to achieve one's, one's purpose, to understand oneself, to, to, to be that which uh, he was created to become.
0: Yes, and now we have the opposite situation, it would seem, but uh, as we can see, uh, restrictions seem to be something people are, uh, after all, looking for. Uh, I think that that might be one of the reasons why uh, there is uh, such an acceptance, for instance, of these measures we have uh, in the West. Uh, not, I'm not talking absolutely here, of course. Uh, but in the sense that that there are a lot of people who would uh, even in the situation when it would all be cl- shown to be clearly absurd, that would be craving for this kind of uh, of uh, controlled society in the sense that you have to uh, you have to constrain uh, your behavior. Uh, I don't know to yeah,
1: sir, because. I think something is
0: instinctual.
1: If what I said is true and that uh, limits is what uh, provide, provide, let's say, uh, the proper framework in which purpose can take place, then, uh, you know, in this whole uh, dissolving environment where uh, everything um, outpours, you know, over the limits, uh, the limits dissolve and so on, people have, uh, have a natural instinct for, um, for a purpose. Of course, this is a natural instinct. One cannot exist without a purpose. You know, that's there's, there's not a meaningful life. So people are searching for a, a meaning, a purpose. And uh, they look for, for that which is, which normally, you know, provide this purpose, which makes this pur- purpose manifest. Of course, in this case, we have some pseudo limits or arbitrary limits. Which provide us pseudo purpose, but uh, people are looking for something like this instinctually. No, how, no matter how absurd, you know, all these yeah. restrictions are, they provide some people with a sense of purpose. You know, we have an objective. We have an objective to fight against the virus. We have an objective to hunt down people who are uh, dissidents. You know, who the heretics, let's say. Uh-huh. So I think I think this is one um, this is one reason. Of course, we are talking about uh, the level of um, the, the average human being, not uh, those who actively profit from yes, you know, increased course. powers and so on. No, for, for the average human person who has no personal gain in all mm-hmm. of this, whom mm-hmm. and the country may actually suffer less uh, during this whole situation, but. No, it is uh, overcompensated by the fact that, you uh, no, he actually has a, a purpose, you know, a visible purpose in mind. He, mm-hmm. mm, I don't know, no, no longer posts uh, comments on Facebook about the latest uh, next Netflix series. He he has actually something meaningful to say, you know, to protest against the anti-vaxxers, you know, to to demand that we close that uh, closed up it locked up in some sort of concentration camp or (laughs) something like that
0: yeah and to wrap it up i mean this tendency what you're talking about is always present at all times not it is nothing new now but what is new now uh, is that framework is such that this could uh, this could happen on a mass scale you know masses of people could behave like this and this is something I I am observing, uh, truth be told, through media because obviously I'm not traveling much now. It's not something I observe around around me or or where I live. But uh... well, I
1: live in a bit. I live in a bigger place. Sorry for interrupting right now. So you know, I have um, a greater variety, you mm-hmm. know, of people to to observe, and I can see a greater variety of. Um ways of reacting to this thing
0: yeah 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 but uh, uh, as i said i mean i would like to say nothing new under the sun but i think this is uh, and i'm not talking strictly about covid 19 crisis but uh, the con the whole context we laid out in this in this podcast is something that is that really escalated uh, that is really not something that can be measured uh, in contrast to something else. You cannot, I, I don't know, can, can, we, can we compare this, this situation, uh, the, the acceleration of the, all those crazy uh, societal reforms happening with something that happened maybe 100 years ago, so I, I don't really think it applies. No, and-
1: and you know what's what's really particular
0: to this case
1: is, you know the lack of proportion. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we could uh, we could understand in the first few months nobody was really nobody really knew how bad this thing was. Uh, from the rumors which were circulating, back then you could gather that this is a new equivalent of the plague. You know which um, of course is something else but uh, months later you know when you saw the bigger picture you really have this sense of complete disproportion okay so people at all times you know during whole epidemics you know acted crazily you know the order dissolved and there was chaos but those were we were talking about epidemics which uh, killed off i don't know 70 percent of the population yeah you know like yeah. uh, the bubonic plague or um leprosy or other other such uh, such stuff uh, here you don't have something like this you know you have something okay so it, it is more severe more serious than a uh, uh, common flu but It is, you know, nothing compared to those epidemics, which we mentioned in the past. So this is, I think, very new. It is the complete disproportion between the reaction and the the reality. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And this is the problem put in context. This is the problem of of, uh, this uh, framework uh, already being progressively dissolved when this happened, a societal f- framework or what we would, we could call as common sense. So it came, it, it landed on fertile, fertile ground uh, for all kinds of very, very strange developments. Maybe in the future, we'll see. I'm not one to predict anything. Maybe this, this will blow off and uh, as is wont in our day and age, probably be forgotten very, very quickly. <clears throat> but uh, as we stand now, uh, this is really uh, this really looks like a, like a case of of, of of mass hysteria of a kind, although with uh, with uh, with some uh, some implications uh, such as uh, that uh, falling back to normalcy from this new normal is uh, not something I expect in the sense that. Uh, it will be falling back to some kind of social stability uh, uh, because this was already lost you know so this is also uh, lost for other reasons some of which we were talking about of course not everybody would agree with us uh, that that, mm, that yes i think i
1: also see that i i also see things going uh, into complete relativism and i give one yeah. just one example And on this you until now, you had this uh, notion of experts, you know, of science, of yeah. people who know what they're talking about. Okay, so it was mostly illusory, but there was something objective there. You know, you you have you had objective science, you know, which you mm-hmm. you could fall back to in in order to to get um, at least partially. Um, an intelligent and objective um, an objective evalu- evaluation mm-hmm. of a phenomenon or a situation, but now it is obvious that the experts really, you know, this uh, devolved into a complete parody of themselves. You know, I I never saw so many contradictions, you know, in a row. I mean the, what what they say today is completely different from what they said yesterday and there were there is n- not one single apology you know not one single admittance that um you know we were we were wrong we didn't evaluate correctly no they just go as if uh, you know they have um, yeah. been saying that for the whole time and people uh, see through this and um, the um, the so-called uh, trust you know in the so-called experts has completely disappeared yes
0: trust but, uh, in institutions this, also. this
1: is the problem you know what what uh, what will this be replaced with and uh, what i see this being um, uh, replaced with is some sort of what we could call uh, epistemological anarchy you know yes. when Every post, every random guy appearing on the internet becomes an authority, and this is a very dangerous situation.
0: Yes, that, that was that, that's along the lines of what I what I meant. Yeah, because it, it came on, uh, uh, it all happened in the situation with where, where this uh, this complete uh, atomization of opinion of. Uh, a uh, morality of everything uh, was, uh, was in high gear for a long time. And then you, uh, and then you have this situation that is a test, test of institutions, basically, test of science also. And it's yeah. uh, progressively failing. At least public image is that it is failing at it. So uh, for this reason, uh, it is very hard to predict uh, how this will end up, how the situation will look, will look like when this passes, when when this is over. Uh, so I don't think things will get back uh, really to to what they were before, uh, 100%. It's it's not that kind of situation. Like it used to be when you, have, when you understand life as a, as a kind of succession of uh, uh, bad times and good times, uh, dangerous times, times of peace, times of war. This is a constant flux, chaotic flux uh, that uh, where you, you have nothing to fall back to. Yeah. So I, I wish I could uh, <laughs> I could say something optimistic. Not that I am pessimist, uh, I mean, optimist and pessimist are very relative terms. Uh, I mean, today, optimist is somebody who thinks that s- uh, politics, as is understood today, is something that should succeed. I don't think it sh- should succeed, although I don't have in my mind any alternative to it. I uh, do well, you know, one thing I want to add,
1: because... Um... Even some people which we talk about and, uh, you know, we, we follow, uh, promote a certain, um, let's say, counter reaction, which is mm-hmm. um, highly unproductive. For example, you know, there exists this uh, notion that, uh, you know, we m- m- not only this madness needs to be over, but uh, we also need to exact revenge, you know, on
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> the ones who brought this about okay and i can uh, i can agree you know some people really need to be removed from office uh, in some cases where uh, it can be shown that uh, uh, from the legal point of view there were serious breaches handcuffs would be would need to sound a mm-hmm. little no i i have no n- no problem with this but the point is you know continuing this um, spirit of tension which exists today and promoting it from the other angle from uh, from the other side can only can only lead to um, to further destruction yes, yes. what sh- what we what we need you now in this uh, situation is to you know come down and um, you know, not um, not uh, resort to how ah, you you see i was right the whole time you're an idiot you're an imbecile okay we we all made mistakes but We really need a a reconciliation, you know, Mm -hmm. both in ourselves and between people, because uh, otherwise uh, the situation will only get worse and there will be other pretexts for more division and um, other things will uh, be set on fire and so on. So this is what, we, we would need something which happened in Athens, you know, in ancient Athens after the rule of the 30, 30 tyrants, you know, at the end of mm. the Peloponnesian War. You know, they had, uh, they made this decree, whatever somebody did, you know, during those, that reign is uh, from this day unforgotten. They, he cannot be accused, you know, based on that. I I'm not saying something as radical as that. Like I said, when there were legal problems and so on, they should be taken care of. And some people removed from office and so on. But at this level of society, you know, connection with people, we really need to, um, let's say, forget whatever arguments, whatever, you know, fights, whatever um, words were said during this time. Otherwise, uh, like I said, it will only get worse, you know, other pretexts for fighting, for infighting, for divisions will um, come about. And um, yeah. uh, I really think that we will be thrown in some sort of chaos. And perhaps not our societies, not uh, Croatia and Romania, but um, some Western societies, you know, things uh, further West, which if uh, something goes on there
0: then uh, we will not be left unaffected of course it. this of course. is a danger yeah we are on the outskirts but uh, but uh, we of course get affected by everything that happens at the center yeah well this was a long podcast i say yes, we we covered a lot of ground although we were uh we covered uh, in fact uh not more than one or two subjects, but obviously there is a lot uh, to be said about them. So to all our listeners, thanks to going through this with us and stay tuned for for other content from Kali Tribune. Thank you and uh, have a nice night,
1: evening, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>